0: invite you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 14, bringing good news. All of us like to hear good news that uh, our favorite team won, whatever sport that might be, or we want to celebrate something like Huey Young's birthday at 95, or anniversaries, or the birth of children, or we also want to celebrate appropriately and in a sense, eternally, rebirths, rebirths. This morning we want to to talk about what that good news involves. Bringing good news is a a good thing and something we want to celebrate, but uh, it, it comes with its challenges when we think about bringing the good news of the gospel, and we're going to see that modeled by... Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts, but then how does that relate to us? Where do we take that? What can we not only learn, but what can we do with this? The whole point of the Bible is not just to educate our heads, but to touch our hearts and to move us into deeper water, as Jennifer sang so beautifully. It made me think of what Kelly says about mission trips, I'm going on a mission or something outside of our comfort zone. It might start us in the shallow end of the pool. Maybe we haven't even gotten our feet yet wet yet in some of those areas, but God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to go deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where we are literally over our head, and then He's got us, because what He's after more than anything is your heart, and when we give our hearts over to the Lord, watch out for what God wants to do in and through us, individually and corporately. It all comes down to the heart, and so as Paul and Barnabas took that journey of faith on their missionary journey, we're going to see some of the things they experienced but then talk about the things that we can experience as we, too, go on those missionary journeys wherever God might lead us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be together as a church family. We thank you for each one here. Each of us, Lord, comes with things on our hearts and minds. Maybe we've had a great week, or maybe our week is one we would never want to live again. We don't know. But thank you that you are greater and stronger and your mercy and your grace is more than efficient and more than adequate to sustain us through whatever things we go through. Lord, in the times that are good, help us not to forget you, but to celebrate and thank you for them. In the times that are hard, would we lean on you, even when we feel like we're over over our head in something. Help us to know that you're always there, always in control. Teach us now, Lord Holy Spirit, as we look at your word, your word that you inspired Luke to write so many years ago about the early church. Help us to learn from them what you want to do in and through our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'd like to suggest there's three things that good news involves. Bringing the good news. When you bring the good news to a community through something like Listen to Shafter through your involvements in various ways in the community and Great Commission says... Go and make disciples, but that word go can literally be translated, as you are going. In other words, as you go from this place, this place of worship that we have set aside, you are entering back into your mission field. And so as you are going, make disciples. What's a disciple? It's a follower of Jesus. We, I don't have the chairs out here today, but if you've not seen those yet, I'll bring them back. What's the first word? Starts with a C, and it's not coil come starts with an f follow and when someone starts following Jesus we want them to what to go not go away and not come back we want them here but we want them to go and make followers of Jesus we want them to go out and bear fruit as they go about in their lives as they are going in other words it keeps repeating itself somebody reached you for Jesus right If you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. Trust him by faith. And as you begin to follow him, we don't want to stay in this chair. We want to make sure we're moving to this chair of going and refilling each of those chairs. That's how churches grow. That's how we grow. That's how we enter into deep water. And God says, now I've got you. Now I've got you. Some of you need to go into deeper water here today. Christianity is not about comfort and convenience. It's about faith and trust And taking big steps for God. So I encourage you. I challenge you. Take some big steps for God. Trust Him. See how great He is. It all starts in the heart. Well, there's three things we want to look at in this passage. Bringing good news involves facing difficult situations. I wish I could say that bringing the good news to a world that's just waiting to hear is wonderful all the time. But we know it isn't. We've all probably had conversations with friends or family members that think we're religious nuts. I was not able to attend a funeral recently for one of my aunts in, up in Northern California. My mom's older sister passed away. Not sure if she was a believer in Jesus or not, but uh, most of my family, as I've shared before, is not on both sides, mom and dad's side. And uh, so we've heard a few cracks over the years of what we do and who we are. And one of my mom's cousin's wife remarked to Lisa, who was able to go to the funeral, I happened to be in India at that that time, she said something about how great a guy my dad was, how much fun he was, well, until he became religious. (laughs) You ever heard anything like that? Only fun people don't go to church, right? How sad that is. You want real joy? No Jesus. That's where the source of joy comes from. The joy of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're going to face difficult situations. Verses 1 through 7. At Iconium, and if you have your map handy, you might want to look at that. Let me read this first, and I think they'll pop the map up there for you if you don't have yours. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. That was their pattern. They'd look for a Jewish synagogue where they knew people were, and they would go to them. Go, right? They would invite them to come and hear if they weren't already there. And they would invite them to follow Jesus. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed they chose to follow Jesus. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles, the non-Jewish believers in the area, and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders, the the acts of an apostle, the presence of God in a miraculous way, to confirm the message of truth that they were bringing. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles, Paul and Barnabas. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to, Lyconium, to the Lyconium cities of Lystra and Derby. One was about 20 miles away and the next was about 60 miles farther. And to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the gospel. Paul followed the pattern that was established and he writes about that in Romans 1.16 where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus... Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, not just in our head, but in our hearts. Trust in Jesus. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Jesus grew up in a Jewish home, and so he started with that group, if you will, went from there. The apostles carried that message, went to the Jews, and then eventually to the Gentiles, and the church has continued to grow. Over the ages. Now we see lyconium and, and uh, those areas. It's a little, little hard to see there, but uh, if you look kind of at the you see Asia, kind of the orange one there, a little bit to your right, a little bit to your right. you're going to see uh, Antioch. they had left Antioch. They had gone to Iconium. And that's where we just read the passage there. From there they moved to uh, Lystra and Derby. Lystra was about 20 miles south of there and Derby about 60 miles southeast of Iconium. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of where the apostles were at this time. Many Jews and Greeks believed, but some didn't. So they, they stirred up trouble. They were trying to cause trouble for the apostles and Cause them to get discouraged and to leave. Now they realized something was, as the Bible says, afoot, so they decided, okay, we're not looking for a fight, we're here to bring the good news, but if they don't want to hear it, we'll go someplace else. Just as Paul and Barnabas faced difficulty, and I think sometimes we have this concept of the early churches, everything was just great all the time and the church just multiplied and they just kept running out of space, but that's really not true. There were ebb and flows in the early church at times. There were people who accepted Christ and believed, and there were some who wanted to stone the messenger. And so it was simply the same, uh, the same patterns have been repeated throughout church history in different parts of the world. And chapter Wasco, Kern County is no different. Some will believe, many will not. Some will make fun of you, others will say, wow, I wish I would have learned this earlier. We're going to face challenges in sharing the gospel. I want you to do something real quickly. If you have your uh, your uh, bulletin and you've got the sermon outline there, or you can write it wherever you want. Uh, I want you to think of someone who isn't here today. Not someone who goes to our church, but just doesn't happen to be here today. Don't don't everybody write down Huey unless you want to send him a you know card or something. But think of someone that you'd say, I don't I don't think this person knows the Lord. If, and when we talk about knowing the Lord, we're talking about that personal relationship, not do they go to church. A lot of people go to church, but unfortunately, they don't know Jesus. They're very religious. They're trying to earn their salvation by being good, and the Bible says that's not, that's not good enough. You've got to know Jesus, trust Him personally. So I want you to think of someone like that, that you know, you know pretty well. In your going, you have contact with them, and I want you to write their name down, and here's why I want you to do it. I think one of the challenges we face as we think about going and, and sharing the gospel is it can be kind of intimidating and, and we're not always sure what to say or what to do and so we tend to not say or do anything, get a little bit freezed up by just kind of the unknown, maybe a little bit by the fear. Let me, let me tell you a quick story that maybe will illustrate it and, and help you to get into that deeper water in the in the movie Justice League that came out in 2018 Batman the good guy gets a bunch of other good guys I won't name them all because the bad guys led by a guy named Steppenwolf which I thought was a band but I guess he's a bad guy in the you know the world out there somewhere they're they're trying to find a, a weapon somewhere in the world that's going to destroy all of humanity so the good guys led by Batman say well that can happen and they, they recruit a guy named Allen, Barry Allen. Now, Barry knows he has kind of this supernatural power, and he's Flash in the movie, but he's not participated with the superhero good guys before. So to say the least, he's excited about being part of the group, but when it comes right down to getting involved in the action, it's like, no, I've never done this before. So let me read just a little exchange, and you you think about that person that you wrote down. Barry says this to Batman. Here's the thing. See, I'm afraid of bugs and guns and obnoxiously tall people. I can't be here. It's really cool, you guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. I've just pushed some people and run away. You ever feel like that? Your pastor stands up and says, share sure the gospel, you're going, man. I'd rather pull my fingernails out. I mean, this doesn't sound like fun at all. Here's what Batman says to him. And you may be feeling this about, where do I even start with sharing with someone else? Getting them to even listen to my story. Batman simply says this to Barry Allen. Save one. Save one. Flash says, what? Batman says, just save one person. Well, which one? Batman says, don't talk, don't fight, get in, get one out. And Flash says, and then what? Batman says, you'll know what to do. Just save one. Sometimes I think we get overwhelmed by the enormity of the need in our world, and we just don't even know where to begin. Well, let me suggest to all of us that we just simply make it our goal to save one. Maybe that one that you wrote down this morning. God has brought that person into your life, not by mistake, but by divine appointment. And maybe this week, he would like nothing more than for you to just share your story in Jesus. That might just scare the tar out of you right now. That's good. You're going into deep water. But that's where God meets us, in those deeper waters. He says, come on out. Do something out of your comfort zone, because that's where I live. We don't serve a comfortable God. We serve a God of power, a God of grace, a God who says, come on, come on, let's build this kingdom called the kingdom of heaven. Well, when that kingdom begins to build, we need to be humble about it. So bringing good news also involves being humble in success, whatever that success looks like. It says in Lister, there was a man, there said a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed. And he called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Now, why would they call him that? Because in Greek mythology... In their theology, their view of God, they were polytheistic, many gods. They believed in many, many different gods. And Hermes was kind of the spokesperson. Zeus was the chief god. And Paul had become the spokesperson. And, the, and the, the, the belief of that day was that many years ago, Zeus and Hermes had come down to earth and were looking for a place to stay. They went to a thousand homes and no one said, yes, you can come in and stay with me. Except one older couple. So they stayed with the older couple and then he destroyed the rest of the other homes. So with that belief system, seeing what had happened to this lame man, the people are thinking, let's not let that happen again. Let's be nice to these guys. So the story goes on or the account goes on and tells us how they responded to that. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes as a spokesman because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, they had started the temple based on this this theology. Brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes as a sign of. No, this can't be happening. And rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news. Telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul, hit him with rocks, and dragged him out of the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day he and Barnabas left for Derbe. Well, they were humble in their success, but they also paid the price. They paid the price for proclaiming Christ in a very uh, hostile place. There are some commentators that believe Paul's vision took place during this time when he was stoned. You find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. One of his visions, he had many different visions that God gave him to try to clarify and help him understand the gospel. He says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing To be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, about this time, was caught up to the third heaven. Third heaven is defined as where God lives, paradise. That was the belief. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up in the paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Paul was very humble, but God had exposed him to things that no one had seen yet, and that probably motivated him later under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to say, these trials, these difficulties we experience here on this earth are nothing compared to what I've seen. Nothing. You can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. I've, I've caught a glimpse of it. Many believe it may have been during this time when he was unconscious, the believers prayed for him, he got up and he kept going. I've always appreciated Dr. Neil Anderson as I've shared some of his works over the years. He has a saying that has stuck with me regarding humility. Humility is confidence properly placed. Pride is when we place everything in ourselves. Look at me, look what I can do. Now, it's okay to be Thankful for the abilities God has given us, but ultimate confidence needs to be in the Lord or we can become prideful. But when our confidence is in God and what he can do, that's true humility. That was Paul. And so as he and Barnabas brought the good news, they, f- they did face difficult situations as we will too. They needed to be humble in success. As people came to Christ, it would have been easy for them to say, oh man, we are so good at this. But God didn't allow that to happen, did he? So they had to be humble. But then when those good things happen and when those stories are ready to be told, it's great to celebrate with others. Verses 21 through 28. Paul writes this. Or Luke writes this: they, re- they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. In other words, they went back on their journey, strengthening disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church. You'll see the qualifications in First Timothy three and Titus chapter one. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. When they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Attilia. Attilia was the port city. From there, they sailed back to Antioch. From Attilia they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. Who was their sending church? The church at Antioch. They wanted to hear what God had done. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. It's believed that Paul may have written his letter to the Galatians. Galatia was part of in kind of that northern part of the map. It's more of a region. It wasn't a city. But in that southern part where they spent time, It's believed that he wrote this back to that region because he wanted to strengthen them in the faith. Acts chapter 15, which we're getting to, shows some of the controversy that was beginning to happen, some of the false teaching that was starting to circulate through those young churches, and Paul had to counter that with the book of Galatians. He says this, Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he starts off in the rest of Galatians saying, how could you guys believe this false doctrine that's going around? And we'll see that starting in Acts 15 next week. And so we... When we bring the good news, there's going to be difficulties. We need to be humble in success. We want to celebrate with others, but know that the, the, the mission continues. Last week, I, I showed you and encouraged you to take one of these small booklets, Step to Peace with God. And a number of you did. In fact, so, so many were taken, we ordered more. We ordered a hundred more for you to take. Not to just look at, but to take. Because this is a great little tool to share the gospel with people as you step into those deep waters, right? That's where we're going. We're going into deeper waters, individually and corporately as a church because that's where God wants us to be. So the people, we want them to come, we want them to follow, and we want them to go. Well, I have an exciting news for you. Someone from our church took one of these last week and used it And he wants to, well, I've asked him to share his story. I'm not sure if he really wants to. He gets nervous, probably like anybody else. But Caleb Wilson is a member of Shafter High Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or FCA. And uh, I'll let him tell the story. But basically, he took one of these and used it at FCA. And you tell us what happened.
1: Yeah, so uh, last week, I kind of found out last minute that I was going to be speaking on Tuesday. And I was like, well, what do I need to speak about? So sitting in church and I hear that and so I was like all right well I think I'll do one of those little booklets and so I pick one up and I'm reading through it and kind of thinking about it and uh, there's the the last few pages are kind of a how-to on the prayer and uh, kind of the steps that you need to do after accepting Christ. So I had the the leaders do those in small groups after I gave that to the to the kids and uh, that was kind of a neat experience. I I walked up and I kind of gave a little background of where I got it and uh, kind of told them about what it was used for. And uh, so I started reading through it and I showed them the pictures and, you know, kind of tried to describe them as best I could. And uh, so we break into small groups and I had a few kids in my group that I knew were, were looking for an answer. And so I, I kind of prepped them a little bit and I said, well, if you'd like to accept Christ today, uh, simply just repeat after me. I'm going to go ahead and read this prayer. And so I I pray, and I continue to go through, and I said, so did any of you in this group pray that prayer with me and decide to accept Christ today? And I had three young men who all raised their hands and Mm -hmm. accepted Christ. And that was just a humbling experience for me to be able to uh, lead them to that and uh, give them the tools that they need to... Uh, have a rebirth, like uh, Pastor Pat was saying. And uh, so I just ask that you guys would continue your prayer. uh, Pray for those young men and uh, for FCA that we would be true to our mission and uh, have the tools and resources that we need. Uh, We still are looking for people to uh, donate for uh, pizza. We like to give that uh, to the kids, and it really helps us bring in a lot more students. So if you would like to, Uh, Please come talk to me. I'll be happy to give you more information. So thank you.
0: All right. Great. Thank you, Caleb. Great job in bringing the good news to chapter high school. You know, when I accepted Christ at the age 16, I had been prepared to hear that, not by my mom and dad, not by my friends, because most of them weren't Christians, but by the Holy Spirit. And why was he doing that? Because my mom, my dad, and others were praying for me. And I was looking for answers, just like Caleb said. There are people all around us every day, maybe the people that you wrote on your bulletin, that are looking for answers. This can be a great way to just open up a conversation. When I was in college, we used to call these gospel grenades. You can call it whatever you want. My encouragement, though, is when we get more of those next week, is to take one and to see if God will use you to even save one. Don't get overwhelmed with the numbers. Just save one. Just one at a time. And after that, you'll know what to do. Because you'll be so excited about sharing your story and seeing someone come to Christ, you'll just say, man, I'm hooked on this. Let's do more of this. That's how churches grow. We get people to come. Last Tuesday, the council made a decision that Pastor Brent and I are very excited about. We're going to start opening our gym up more to the rec center because they need space. We have a gym that's not used every day. And so we're going to create a relationship with them and invite people to come into our church home. And as they come, we're going to leave appropriate things for them to pick up if they'd like. We encourage our church members to be involved to build those relationships because the gospel travels through relationships. And as we do that, as we pray about it, and as we get people to come, we're going to pray like crazy that some of those, if not all of them, if great if all of them did, will follow Jesus. That's how churches grow. That's how the early church grew. That's how any church needs to grow. By taking that story, that good news, and bringing it to where people are, that's our job. That's our job. Let me read a closing quote. I'll invite the worship team to come up as I do. The council has been reading through a book called Four Chair Discipling. We had a seminar back in the fall. And we've been going back through this book to try to let it sink in a little deeper. And here's what the author said that was a challenge to all of us. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment must be held together in one thought. Because we love God, we love people. Because we love people, we make disciples. To try to make disciples without love gains nothing. And if we say we love people, but never try to make disciples, then our love is a lie. That hit all of us pretty hard. If we say we love people, but never try to make disciples, then our love is a lie. As we love God, we will love people. As we love people the way God loves us, we will be engaged in making disciples. The two go together and make the journey simple, not complicated. Let's not complicate what God has given us to do. Let's pray for that person on your bulletin. Let's use resources like this and let's save one. Father, thank you for the time you've given us this morning. We give you praise for who you are. And just as someone shared Jesus with us, perhaps many years ago like me or others. May you use us to share Jesus with others. Every one of us, Lord, has people in our lives that need Jesus. May we love them by taking that step of faith, going into the deeper waters. May we be more like Caleb, taking those opportunities when they come. We thank you, Lord, for the good news. It's powerful. It's the power of God. We trust that you're going before us even now to prepare the hearts and minds of those who need to hear and would you use us to share that story in Jesus name we pray amen let me invite you-